This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Hey everyone, I don't normally do interviews on Sunday, but when I do, you know they're special. I'm bringing on a student of mine, someone who has taken the course, taking action, has also found value in the Facebook group, which I am now appreciating more and more. I initially created the Facebook group because I wanted one place for me to answer questions every day. But what I'm seeing now is the Facebook group is actually going to prove to be at least as equal, if not more valuable than the step-by-step course. So we're going to talk about all of that, and we're going to answer a lot of questions for you this morning. So how are you doing, Abhishek? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me, Michael. Absolutely. Thank you for reaching out. Uh, I love answering questions, and I really love answering them when I can record it so that other people can watch it later. So Abhishek- why don't you introduce your audience, introduce yourself to the audience, and then I will turn this over to you, and you will ask me any and all questions. Sounds like a plan to me. So, hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Abi. Uh, I go by Abi, Inshallah Abhishek. So, I live in uh, Oakland, uh, which is a Bay Area, similar region to where Michael is from. Uh, I've been here about 15 years, and I've been working in the pharmaceutical medical side. And in last couple of years, I moved to cannabis industry, which is very fun. And since everything is getting legalized slowly, uh, it seems like a good gig for myself. So I'm enjoying what I do, but I also want to have some of my side hustle going. And uh, through my YouTube videos, uh, I found Michael Zuber and I started following him for the last like, few weeks. And I just took his course and I've been following religiously. And I felt like, oh, this is something I can definitely do. Uh, he has done something similar where he was super busy and he put time and keep grinding for years and years. And I want to do the same thing. So that's my quick introduction. Uh, Michael, back to yeah, you. Very good, Abhi. Uh, no, I think, uh, I think that's great. Again, when I created the course, I knew it would work, right? Because I did it, right? It's, it, and really yeah. the key of the course is 10 to 20 minutes a day, consistent action, focused mm-hmm. on a market, focused on an asset. That works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now that you have that, I can see it working. I see it helping others. Yeah. We just saw today in the Facebook group, mm-hmm. more and more people doing deals, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, but why don't you talk about what the, so the course is clearly mm-hmm. valuable. I've kept the price point ridiculously low at 200 bucks, yeah. but why don't you talk about the Facebook group? Cause again, that is free. I'm never going to charge mm-hmm. for that. As long as you buy the course, you get to the group. What I'm seeing in the group is just people are positive. Everybody speaks mm-hmm. the same language and everybody yeah. wants, you know, Goodness, but curious what you're seeing. Yeah, uh, thank you, Michael, for saying that. So I, I joined the Facebook group about like, a couple of weeks ago, and there were only, I would say, 280 or some members. And now I believe I can see it's about 328. Yeah. So it's growing. That's great. And all the posts I've been reading, and it's fantastic because the students are helping students. And yeah. I know you've been saying that a lot, and which is amazing. I see people doing deals. On Facebook, they're giving tips. They are talking about the real issues. They're talking about property managers. Yeah. They're talking about how to do financing, uh, things like that. So it's just very important for me because I'm starting out 
my family does own a couple of properties in Asia, but that's Asia, completely different market. This is America. It's it's different, different market again. And the most value I get from the Facebook is connecting with students, asking questions. Yeah. And what I love is your every Saturday morning, eight or nine a.m. your your one on one Q and A with yeah. students live. Yeah, that is very useful. And I've been following that. Uh, sometimes it's hard to wake up in the morning. I'm not a morning guy, <laughs> but I, I and this is the work, and this this requires uh, like waking up, hard work, and yeah. grinding. Well, the good news is those 9 a.m. sessions on Saturday, which will happen yeah. every Saturday. I it's it's yeah. 30 minutes of my week that I give back to anybody who spent 200 bucks on the course. Yeah. Uh, so that's awesome. Yeah. So okay, let's uh, let's step back from from the course and the Facebook group and let's answer all your questions, Abby. Why don't you go any order, ask any question. Um, let's just see what happens. Sounds, sounds good. Uh, so yeah, I have like, uh, like 10, 12 questions here. So let's sure. go to the list. So what is the best criteria you look for when you choose your market? That's a good question. So I only can answer that question with what, what I did. So first, first and foremost for me is I didn't want a town. Right, a town. I don't know the official definition. I called a town anything less than fifty thousand people. I thought that was too small, too probably single employer, you know, kind of tied to one employer, a manufacturing yeah. plant, a naval base, you know, whatever yeah. it is. Right, too risky for me. Um, yeah. So for me, what I ultimately set it on is I wanted half a million people. That's yeah. pretty big, right? That's half a million people. At least when I was doing it, was probably the top. 30, maybe 40 cities, mm-hmm. right? Even Nashville, right? Nashville today is 600,000 people just to, just to put in scope. Mm-hmm. Uh, is 500,000 the right number? Maybe not. That's just what I chose. Is, is 250 mm-hmm. big enough? Maybe. Mm-hmm. But basically what I wanted with population first is a diverse economy. I wanted to see multiple mm-hmm. employers. I wanted to mm-hmm. see multiple industries, right? Yeah. The reason, the reason I believe San Francisco is in trouble is because it was so single industry focused, right? It was yeah. tech. Yep. And now it's paying for it. Uh, San Diego, when the military mm-hmm. pulled out, right? San Diego is a huge mm-hmm. city, but when the, when the military pull, pulled out, um, they were hurt for a while. So I wanted diverse. <clears throat> and then lastly, yeah. I didn't appreciate it in the beginning, but it was a part of my criteria. And it actually might be yeah. the most important today. And that is, I wanted a low... Uh, average income. What I mean by that is I grew up in the Bay Area, right? The, the average income out here to afford a house is over 200 grand. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. And it's not normal. Yeah. Um, you know, when you make 200 grand a year and you're living paycheck to paycheck, that is <laughs> terrible. Uh, yeah. So I wanted, to, uh, you know, people in Fresno, when I started buying, could, could feed a family of four on 50 grand. And when I was growing up, my family never made 50 grand, right? It was in the 20s. Now, obviously inflation and all of that. So maybe it's yeah. spent like 50, but that's, frankly, where I was comfortable. I was never comfortable around, I don't know, wealth or high income. Um, so that's, that's what I was deciding. I wanted middle America, average incomes, nothing special, diverse economy and size. That's what I wanted. This is, this is good, very helpful, Michael. Appreciate the uh, response here. Sure. So, uh, so following question to that is, so what is the most important metric when you look at rental properties? Oh, there's only one metric for me. It's yield. And why, why is that? Because the only thing I want to know, and it took me a while to get there. I say that cavalier. I say that quickly mm-hmm. now. 
in the beginning, I didn't know, right? In the beginning, I thought it was cash flow. In the beginning, I thought it was bedroom count. In the beginning, I thought it was unit count. It's not. I want to understand because when I buy a property and you, you have the spreadsheet, right? You're in the course. This is what my spreadsheet is to me is how much money comes out of my bank account. Now, again, that's typically three buckets, down payment, closing cost, yeah. and make ready. Make ready could be zero or a lot. It, so what money physically leaves my bank account? And then on the other side, it's what money physically comes back in via cash flow. I don't count appreciation. I don't count mortgage pay down. I don't count buying at a discount. I only count cash flow that ends up in my account. And what that allows me to do is it turns that decision, that purchase, that investment into a bond. Hence, my most important metric is yield. It tells me quite frankly and simply how hard my money is working. It's that simple. And that's why I drive people crazy, right? A lot of people in this game that try to help others talk about bigger is better. I flatly refuse to believe that. I will buy a one-bedroom, one-bath house all the time if it has a higher yield than a 20-unit apartment building. And that drives people crazy. And I don't get it. I mean, it's it's. I am passionately on the side of I will only buy what's the highest yield. So some markets like 2015 to 2018, that was multifamily. I believe 2020 through 2022 will be single family homes. I could, I could be wrong. Believe me, I still use that spreadsheet that you have from the course every day. Mm -hmm. And I put, I put decisions in there all the time. Um, and I only choose the highest yield. And that's, and that's important for new people like you, Abby, because you know, when, you're, when you're in the course, you're doing your daily work, it'll take you 30, 45, maybe 60 days, kind of just repetition. Yep. Then you'll look at your spreadsheet and all you got to do is sort by the yeah. highest yield. And then you have to ask yourself, why? Why is that one better? Because maybe, maybe you picked it early and you learn later that it's not good. Maybe they're your repair cost was lower. Maybe you had the rents wrong or, or who knows what, but that's how you just keep refining things. You let yield be your driver, in my opinion. Okay, this is, this is very helpful because one of the, uh, uh, so I'm looking at a couple of, couple of areas, uh, looking at Las Vegas actually. Sure. And uh, so from my list, I saw there's like a, a duplex that is giving higher uh, cash flow, but like poor yield. Would, would you def consider define poor poor yield like two percent? Uh, uh, it's less than two percent. Yeah. So this is my deal. This is what I want you to do. Don't write an offer until you have done. You've at least looked at a hundred or hundred and fifty properties, right? Don't write an offer. You can you can sort. You can you can gather data. You can get comfortable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but what you need to answer first, Abby, is what is average in Vegas? I don't know mm -hmm. Vegas. For example, I'm just going to make this up. If the average yield in Vegas is one percent. Mm -hmm. just say it's average, then your duplex is a good deal at 2%. I'm willing yeah. to bet it's not 1%. Yeah. I'm willing to bet that Las Vegas average yield is probably four or five, just knowing how hot it is today. Yeah. And thus a 2% is a bad deal. But you yeah. won't know that until you've seen 150, you've done this for 30 or 45 days. But you're asking yeah. the right questions. Uh, lastly, to the real heart of your question is, I don't give a rat's ass what the cash flow is. I don't care if the cat, basically what you told me without telling me is cash flow is great, but I have to put a lot down. That's basically what you told me Yeah. because yeah. your yield was low. So I knew that I knew that's what happened. 
So you just got to get comfortable with the math. Keep digging, keep looking, keep, keep, keep at it, dude. Daily execution, 10, 20 minutes. Let's go. Yep. Great. Uh, This is very uh, helpful, Michael. Thank you. Uh, Next question. So should a beginner consider a single family unit or a multi-family unit, which is less than four or four or less? I would tell you in the beginning, um, well, so if you're really early and you don't know yet, I would generally say single family homes just because you're learning a market. And why I say that is there's more of them. There's mm-hmm. probably yeah. 50 single family homes for every multi. Yeah. So if you, if you, if you, in the beginning, if you only look at multifamily, it'll be, it'll be a slower process to learn. And I think, again, you're picking a market like Vegas. I would start with houses. Mm-hmm. Vegas is going to be interesting because I think it changes drastically March, April, May of next year. We'll see. Uh, I'm talking to Brian Lebo, you know, yeah. once a month. Um, that's what we both think. So, again, he's lived there 30 years or whatever it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so keep looking, keep grinding. I, in the beginning, so, so in the beginning, I say single family homes to learn the skill. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. after you have yeah. the skill, then you can say, okay, great. Now look, now let me look at duplexes through quads. I would not compare, I would not put them in the same spreadsheet, at least in the beginning. Single family has its own thing. Multifamily has its own thing. When you're finally done, maybe after six months and you know Vegas cold, then you're going to be like me, right? I put all my Fresno for me, everything goes in the same spreadsheet. Condos, houses, duplexes, quads, apartments, all the same spreadsheet, but it, it takes time. It takes time to get there. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a work. And like you said, uh, 45, 60 days, 90 days, that's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the answer. That's the magic. And also 2020 has been crazy. I mean, yeah. everybody knows. Yeah, the supply, I mean, I mean to, to think that Vegas, again, me, Brian and I are like laughing when we're not recording, right? When we get, we talk yeah. for like five minutes before we hit record. Mm-hmm. And it's like, dude, I, I don't get it. I mean, we've had five, six months in a row of record prices, yeah. but they have 20% unemployment and 87% mm-hmm. rent collection. It's, it's dire, but yet prices are up. And it's all because 2020 is bananas. There's no inventory. Yeah. It's going to change in Vegas for sure. I hope so. <laughs> cool. Uh, this is great. So next one is, uh, what are your thoughts on being a property manager? I think it's the hardest job on the planet. <laughs> I, I do. I, uh, uh, and I cold called for a living. I, back in the day, I, I picked up the phone and called a hundred times a day. I would rather do that again than be a property manager. I, uh, I came into real estate investing because I wanted my freedom. Uh, I don't want headaches. I don't want to be stressed out. Property managers, Every phone call they get, somebody's upset. <laughs> something's broken. Yeah. Something's late. I mean, nobody calls a property manager when they're having a good day. Hey, I'm having a great day. Thanks for this safe and luxurious place. They only call when shit breaks or they want to bitch about their neighbor or they want to delay rent. Yeah. Or I could never do that job. I need to be a positive person. I need to be around positive energy. I could never be a property manager. So uh, a follow-up question So on that. So... How do you screen your tenants? So I don't screen my tenants. What I have done is I've created a box, a criteria, minimum credit mm-hmm. score, minimum income to rent, uh, minimum rental history, references, te- length of time in job, credit score. And I've given that to my property manager. And if they find an applicant that says yes to every one of those, they get a yes answer from me. I, 
I am not involved in that decision. And if one of those is a no, they move on to the next one. Do you recommend uh, slumlord properties or pride of ownership for a first-time buyer? Well, it depends. Uh, again, I would tell you it depends on your numbers, right? Mm -hmm. I would tell you in 2019, so last year, pride of ownership was the better number because you, you, you didn't get these inflated prices. Today, pride of ownership is ridiculous. For example, there was a house that I would have sold as a pride of ownership for 180. It sold mm -hmm. to an owner-occupant for 201. It made sense oh, wow. to a landlord at 180. It was an average plus deal at 180. Mm -hmm. It's a shitty deal at 201. So in 2019, again, because I know my market, pride of ownership was the answer. 2020, it's probably better to buy a dump. Again, that's my market. Uh, I don't know Vegas at all. Mm -hmm. But again, it, that's the beauty of that spreadsheet, that yield, man. Mm -hmm. The freaking yeah. yield is magical. What I'm giving you there yeah. is the decoder ring. As the yeah. market evolves, mm -hmm. different answers will come. Like 2012 to 15, a yeah. multifamily uh, mm -hmm. started to change. Then it's single family. Then it's single family turnkey or pride of ownership. Now it's single family dump. It's, it's so, the only reason it's better is because I don't have those, I don't have owner occupants bidding up 10%, 12%. It's crazy today, man. It's bananas. Yeah, I mean, living in the area for so long, I exactly know what you mean. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's uh, crazy. I know San Francisco is definitely uh, going to be in big trouble, like you've been saying. Mm -hmm. And a lot of my friends, like my, my company is based in San Francisco. And a lot of employees, um, uh, my coworkers, they are living in SF and they are already moving out. They're doing remote work. Yep. It's just, it cannot afford and rents have been plummeting. 25, 30% or probably more. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Uh, next one. Uh, if, a person choo uh, if a person chooses an average deal and accidentally creates an alligator, what do you recommend the next step is? Well, you've got to figure out what's going on. So I created an alligator. You read it in my book. And my mm -hmm. only answer was to hold on to it. You know, the, market, the market was going in my favor. Um, mm -hmm. so I just kept it right. If the market had turned against me, mm -hmm. uh, it, it would have probably been easier to sell and take a loss. You, you've got to figure out where you are. Alligator properties, um, most of the time need to be sold, getting rid of, cause they cost you money every month. But if you're in an environment like we are now where rates are coming down yeah. and mm -hmm. you know, you could refi in a year and maybe get closer to break even if you're buying a house and, and, and rents will go up in the next year and you could limp through, you just got to have a plan. Mm -hmm. Having an alligator and kind of sticking your head in the ground and, and, and hoping it goes away is not an option. Alligators will eat you. That, that's the only picture in my book, right? There's an alligator eating a bag full yeah. of money. It's the only yeah. picture because it's that important. You need to have a plan, right? If you buy a good deal, and that's why I tell people when they buy their first investment to buy it and then sit tight for six months. Keep yeah. looking, keep researching, mm -hmm. but you need to test yourself. How are how are your numbers? Do you have Excel cash flow or real cash flow? Yeah. Do you have real cash flow or an alligator? Um, yeah. You got to be you got to you got to figure it out. And um, yeah, so that that's you got to have a plan. Once you're into it six months and it's negative all six months, you need to figure it out. What's going on? Where where repairs done with band aids versus a remodel? 
where is the is the rent less than I thought? Is uh, my property manager stealing from me? Is my debt too expensive? I mean, whatever it is, you got to figure it out. And you've got to you've got to solve the problem. Uh, do not avoid alligators suck because alligators will prevent you from buying more. That's the real problem. Because they'll just scourge you. You'll be like, that hurts. I mean, I remember every month I wrote that mortgage payment, right? I think the mortgage payment was like $1,203 and my rent was like 1100 So even if there were no expenses, I was losing. That just, I felt stupid every time I wrote that freaking check. I, I can imagine that. So uh, to follow up question on that, uh, the accidental deal with the alligator. So what is the cushion? What is the average cushion that people should look for? Uh, between the cash flow and the all the expenses. Yeah, I mean that's hard for me to say because you know a house is different than a duplex and a quad. But I'll, I'll answer a house, which is the skinniest. I would want somewhere less than 150 bucks real cash flow. That's getting pretty close, right? You're you're one maintenance call from break even. Mm. You know that said, I mean let's just answer the question fully. I did a deal last year, or maybe it was the year before when I only had a hundred dollars cash flow, but it was zero down. Right. So, and again, I have more experience and I've done this longer and I have more assets to, to, to divide it. So again, realize I have exceptions. Um, but yeah, I mean, generally speaking, your first investment, a house 150 duplex would be more, a quad would be more obviously. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's helpful. Next one. Uh, so I, I recently saw your 30 day challenge spreadsheet, spreadsheet via YouTube video, yeah. uh, which I am studying. And cool. so how do you recommend a beginner connect with, let's say new agents, contractors, uh, title agents, wholesalers, et cetera. So agents is the easiest. If you're doing the homework, like I tell you, uh, you're looking at properties and all of them have a listed agent. I would call them and say, hey, I'm Abby from uh, California. I'm looking to invest in Las Vegas. I saw your listing at 123 Main Street. Uh, I have a question, right? So then you ask your intelligent question and then you say, okay, great. This is probably not a deal for me. I would like to let you know, I'm looking for three bedroom, two baths in this area, this zip code, this price point. If you find something, let me know, right? Again, it's not about how many people you know in Vegas. It's how many people in Vegas know you but more importantly, know you and what you're looking for. So use every conversation to ask questions. The second thing I would do is I would look for students also looking at Vegas because it's amazing if you find a student or an actual investor in Vegas, they can make referrals, right? It kind of shortcuts that. Mm. So one thing I would do, because you're in my Facebook group, is say, hey, anybody else investing in Vegas? Uh, and I think there's a guy named Jeffrey in the group who has done some work in Vegas, or at least he's talked about it over time, but there are probably others. Um, and that's the beauty of a growing group and students helping students. So I'd probably post that question and say, Hey, I'm a new investor looking to invest in Vegas. I'm like this area. Anybody want to connect or chat or, you know, share references or whatever. Yeah, this is, this is definitely good. Uh, uh, I can see on the on the Facebook uh, Facebook chat, uh, Jeffrey has been talking a lot, so that's good. I yeah. will definitely reach out to him. Cool. Um, great. So, what kind of banks do you recommend uh, for the first time buyer for loans? Yeah, I would go to the bank, whoever has your checking and savings account. They have all your financial records. They have incentive to keep you. 
they have incentive to give you the best price because they don't want you to go somewhere else. So for your first four loans, go to the bank that has all your money. After that, maybe you go to a mortgage broker and see loans five through 10. And then after that, it's, you know, it's kind of commercial banks, savings and loans, stuff like that. But the first okay. four, don't overthink it. Sounds good. So next one, uh, it's a little bit, yeah, a little different. Uh, what are you going, uh, when are you going to add more content on your uh, educational videos? Uh, with, I believe you're working with April Crossley. On yeah, I'm going to add a private money section. My goal is by January 1st, I am going to get at least three people adding content as well. Mm -hmm. April mm -hmm. Crossley has agreed. Uh, she unfortunately suffered a loss in her family recently, uh, so it might be delayed. Uh, if you know yeah. April, send her your heart, heartfelt condolences. She lost her grandmother, and if you know April, uh, she has been posting about her grandmother uh, for as long as I've known her. They have a special bond, so that yeah. loss is going to hurt. So if, if you're a good person and everybody in my course is a good person, please please reach out to April Crossley and just say, Hey, we're thinking about you. Um, you know, remember the good times, condolences. That would be wonderful. Uh, that's mm -hmm. just a good thing to do. And then second, uh, a gentleman, I know Jason Pritchard, who has raised millions of dollars in private capital. He has one of the best um, investor decks I've seen. So he's agreed uh, and I'll find somebody else as well. Uh, so that the goal for that is January 1st and Abby or yeah, Abby, because you're in the group, it won't cost you a penny. Uh, there's a chance I raised the price for new students, given all the content and help I'm getting from others. Uh, I haven't decided. Yeah. Uh, but if you buy the course in 2020, you will not pay for that extra section. Yeah, appreciate that. Yeah, Thank of you. course. Uh, so uh, those are the questions I had. So let me ask you this. Um, so what tips would you give to someone in my position or someone uh, who's starting out or will be starting out soon? Like, well, what is the motivational yeah. aspect can you provide to people? Step to get one. Them going? Yeah. So step one is I wrote this book because I wanted you to believe and have confidence, right? Yeah. That I don't know if you saw yesterday's live Q&A, um, but there was one comment in there that still bothers me. I've talked about it twice today and I'll probably talk about it two more times. Somebody near the end of it talked about being hopeless. That really bugs me uh, because if you know anything about my story and history, uh, uh, you know anything about the people we interview on this channel, we've all come from very little. Yeah. Um, and as the course is, it's simple, but it requires yeah. daily execution. Yeah. And frankly, not everybody wants to work. Lots of people want to look and talk about the easy button and, you know, here's some money and, make it simple. Uh, that's not how life works. You've got to be willing mm -hmm. to work for stuff. Uh, I've, I've, I've honed my craft in my market for 20 years, getting a little better every day. And that's what I teach. And if you're going to buy my course, you're going to work. I'm not going to do it for you. It's just not going to happen. No interest in that. But I show you the way. Uh, I now have a, you, you, uh, a Facebook group with other people that think the same way. It's awesome. If you feel hopeless, buy the course, get in the group, just watch the content in the group. Almost yeah. every other day now, we're having students saying, we got a deal, we got a deal, we got yeah. a deal, we made an offer, we got a deal. Yeah. That group is going to be 
I mean, as it grows, right? I have a thousand students, only 300 and some are in the group. As these grow, it's going to be amazing. And, um, you know, I can't wait till we have a thousand, 10,000 students. It's just going to become a very happy place because everybody speaks the same language and all of that. So don't feel hopeless. It takes work. Uh, but I promise you, uh, it'll feel different after 30 days. It'll feel different after 60 days. Yeah. And then the last thing I want you to remember is 2020 is weird. And what I want you to take away from this is I've been buying stuff for 20 years. I've written 20, 250 offers this year and got nothing. But remember, that's because I only do good and great deals. And back to your earlier question, when, when owner occupants are spending 201 on something worth 180, I shouldn't do that deal. So the, the best posts I see in our Facebook group is, hey, I made an offer. They countered and I said, no. When you say no, that is powerful. You know your numbers, you know your yield. Move on to the next one. 2020 is practice for most of us. But 2021, when the inventory comes back, you'll be ready. You're gonna see, and the beauty of looking at your market every day is you will see it turn before anybody else. If you're looking at a certain zip code and asset type, you're going to notice, oh, another listing, another listing, another listing. You'll see it a month or two before anybody else. It's just, it's magical when you do the work. This is, this is great. Uh, thank you for those uh, motivational words. And definitely reading the book and uh, all you said about keep grinding, hardworking, is not easy money. Yeah. And I think if we, in, in general, like me coming from Asia, like every day, day in, day out, 20 years, grinding in, grinding out, being yeah. where I am. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. Otherwise, I'll be standing here. So You got it. Great. You'll get there. It's just, yeah. yeah. The other thing I would tell you is don't add too much pressure. Mm. You know, spend 20 minutes and move on. Sometimes people, they want to, so they don't, I don't know what it is. I'm very, I mean this when I say it, it's only 20 minutes a day. If you're coming back to me and say, Michael, I'm spending an hour a day. Aren't I getting three times smarter? No, you are wasting 40 minutes. Life is hard. You and I have 24 hours in the day. Most people that follow me have a day job. Most people that follow me have family responsibilities. I only want 20 minutes. The first week you're doing the work, sure. Maybe that's 30 minutes or 45 minutes as you get comfortable with the spreadsheet and all of that. But once you're doing daily stuff, 20 minutes, in, out, gone. And don't you dare tell me you're going to give me four hours on Saturday, but you can't give me anything Sunday through Friday. Don't, don't you bother. You are going to miss so many things. The course is written on purpose to help you. The course is focus and daily execution. And if you're not willing to focus or daily execution, don't bother. Wonderful. This is great. Uh, really appreciate all the answers here and all the. I, I took a bunch of notes here, so that's good. That's, that's definitely going to be helpful. Yeah, that's it from my side. My, uh, back to you, Michael. All right, Avi. Thank you very much for doing this. This is. Uh, I don't normally do Sunday interviews, so this was important. I appreciate you. I know how busy you are. I'm going to save this and upload this today. You have a wonderful day. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, have a good one, Michael. Thank you, buddy.